0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 562 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Total Saddle Fit, and Bait Saddles. On today's show, we have friend of the show, Jack Berlew, on to talk about the importance of your horse's postural stability. And then Felicitas von Neumann-Cosell, talks about the importance of getting back to basics. Another trainer friend of ours, Patty Mayer, joins us for a great trainer tip.
2: This is Reese Koffler-Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky.
1: And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show.
2: Hi, Phil. How are you?
1: I'm doing quite well today, it's, uh It was sunny and a little bit of snow today.
2: Mm. So We've had snow I, too. I'm not going to yeah, lie. It's crazy. Ooh, yeah. It's <laughs> been a little chilly. <laughs> I mean, it's been frosty every morning. The horses are in the heavyweights, like, oh... Yeah, we had beautiful weather for the first two and a half weeks we were here. So I can't really complain. I can't complain about weather since I was in Florida, a winter. But, oh, and then the bottom fell out. And, yeah, it was rough. There was, yeah. It's April, you know? It's hard to know what you're going to get. One morning, Travis got up. He let Annie out. And he said, it's snowing. I literally (laughs) just put the covers back over my head. I was like, I can't. I can't do it. I can't um yeah so I get it um so Phil what are you up to how are you doing in quarantine
1: I'm doing fine I was just telling you before we you know come on air that uh I have started early on the dressage dressage rider training program
2: yeah so tell tell people check it out
1: you know it's got some you know done the first three workouts because I have the time
2: right? <laughs> you, you can be extra fit when we start. So Phil, tell everybody about that. Like, what are you talking about if, if you're new to the show or didn't listen last week?
1: Yeah. So last week we had, uh, Nicola Smith on, um, she is from New Zealand. She has a, a fitness online fitness program that's for dressage riders. And I think it would help for, you know, all, all riders and, and people who don't even ride. It's, uh, you know she's has been doing a fitness program for everyone before, and then she decided to um, start a, a rider-specific one. We had her on the show. We had a great interview, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a nice chat. And then so um, actually, we decided to sort of team up with uh, dressage rider training, and uh, we're going to encourage all of our listeners to start the program. I think it's some sometime if you sign up now, you're going to start the program sometime around. What was it uh April 26
2: something like that yep that's yeah, right 26 or yep
1: yeah and that's then right. we're gonna we're gonna do each week as it comes you know um, you have mm-hmm. three workouts to do each week for 12 weeks so we encourage people to go check it out um, the website is www.dressageridertraining.com forward slash drs so
2: yeah uh, so we can all sign up together I think
1: and we're gonna get yeah. together
2: <laughs> Get fit together. You know, again, uh, we talk to people all over the world. So, uh, you know, even on this call, our producers in England, uh, uh, Phillip's in Canada, I'm in, in the U.S. and Kentucky. So, you know, everybody has varying levels of of what's happening. And, you know, it's it's hard to do a blanket. But we really wanted to have the community. Uh, I don't know about anybody else, but this is sort of my Zoom cocktail hour. <laughs> I've been looking forward to it all day. I got to talk to Philip a little bit earlier in the day. Um, yeah, for me, it's you know uh, again. Everybody's struggle is different. Uh, I'm actually on my farm by myself, which is really hard. Um, I, as as you all probably know, I'm I'm very much a people person and and love the interaction that my students and. Um, but my barn is also my home. I that my apartment's actually sort of in the barn, so we've had to really, really lock the barn down. And so literally I am here by myself all day and it it's hard. I'm doing all the work and and back to my roots, which is good. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is hard. It's different challenges. And um, so I'm always happy to, to have a little, little chat or I, I definitely have had some Zoom chats with some friends in the evening. Um, and I've enjoyed the time with my husband. Uh, my husband also travels a lot. He's not in horses, and so he's travels a lot. And so actually, we've both been home, and I've I've gotten to cook and and do some things that I really like as well. But it's hard. It's hard doing all the cooking and the cleaning and the horses. And um, so I was really looking forward to today, and uh, definitely have the wine flowing on my end. Phil, I don't know about you. <laughs> I'm like it's my doom uh, chat of the day. Yet. Not
1: yet, but uh, <laughs> it's usually something that happens starts to happen about halfway through our show. So uh,
2: <laughs> now you guys know <laughs> the secrets of the Dressage Radio Show. Yeah, it's um, true.
1: Yeah, and for everybody, the other thing that we're going on that's going on with us is we we do a book club um, this month. So we try and do it monthly or bi-monthly. Uh, the The book that we've got going on right now that Reese and I have both received is mm-hmm. called Freestyle, The Ultimate Guide to Riding, Training, and Competing to Music. That's cool. We encourage everybody to go to www.horseandriderbooks.com where, where they can pick up this uh, this new book. It's written by Sandra Beaulieu. Um It's kind of cool. Kind of checking it yeah. out. Yeah. Lots of pictures, which I love. Mm-hmm. I love book with diagrams and some beautiful photos and uh, so we're going to give that out to an auditor, hopefully soon. Yes. As soon as and how do you become right.
2: an auditor, Phil? How do you do that? Because this is also a really cool community. If you're new to the show or looking for communities online, how do you? How do you? What is an auditor, Phil?
1: Okay. Well, uh, the auditor program is a way in which our listeners can support us, support the show, support um, the Horse Radio Network. So you just need to go to horseradio.network.com. Um, click on the link somewhere on that page for the auditor program, and I think it's three dollars a month at minimum, three dollars a month um, to become an auditor, and then you get an invite to the special exclusive Facebook page for auditors. And that in that way we connect with our our listeners as well. We get questions and we you know we give out our, our book of the month for the book of the month club to an auditor and and then they agree to come on the show and we talk about the book for um,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know for half an hour or whatever we just review each of the books yeah. that we have and again it's a great way to connect to our listeners it's a great way to connect to, i mean we, uh, i'm an avid reader and you know so is reese so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we love getting these books we love expanding yeah. our knowledge so this one is all about freestyles that's all i got
2: yeah, it's true. <laughs> Phil, have you have you done some freestyles in your career?
1: Uh, a few lower level, maybe not even a few. I have, I've I've done an I one freestyle because that's sort of the program that you do when you uh, mm-hmm. show that small tour. Yep.
2: Uh, um, yeah. Um,
1: maybe a third level one way back, second, possibly second. So, yeah, not a lot. Yeah, so lot. I'm definitely not an expert in freestyles. Usually, I just hire somebody to. Yeah, <laughs> with that because I'm not musically inclined or yeah. anything, you know. So, yeah, that's um, true. but I think with a lot of new technologies and you know oh, the, yeah. the way that we can, uh, um, you know, use use programs, use a computer to to help with the editing of of music and help us find music. I think.
3: Yeah, uh,
1: Easier to put to, put together your own freestyle. So hopefully, right. after, after reading this book, I'm going to be ready mm-hmm. to, to put one together and and rock it whenever we get. Right. Um, back to show season.
2: And that's kind of why we chose this book, right? Because it's this is a time freestyles actually take quite a bit of time and a lot of planning. A lot of planning. And right now, great time for time and planning. So that's why we chose this book because. We're just kind of getting those juices flowing um, that we really want you guys to, you know, have, uh, have a community, have some things to do. And if you've thought about a freestyle, this is a really good time to do it because they really take a lot of time. Even if you hire someone to help you, they take a lot of time. So we're hoping this kind of will uh, motivate you and give you something cool to, to look forward to. Um, so that's great. Uh, Phil, I will also real quick in our chat, like, because I'm here at the farm pretty much by myself. I mean, my husband's working too, and we're both working really long hours. So, uh, you know, we come in, we have dinner, uh, basically I shower, I do night check and then I go to bed. Like, I'm not very <laughs> exciting right now. Um, but one of the things that I've started doing, which I didn't do before was I have started listening to podcasts, um, which has been really fun because obviously we do a podcast, um, but sort of once we finish, it goes to the editors and, and typically, you know, Phil and I start thinking about the next episode. So it's been really fun to listen to some podcasts and I've loved, um, the podcast that have created even more of a community with the podcast. I've really enjoyed that. So that's one of the things I think that we've looked forward to with our podcast here. We're doing a little bit longer show. We're trying to give you guys some ideas. So feel free to reach out Phil and I love, love, love listener feedback and we've got uh, actually a, a listener feedback trainer tip. So keep it coming. We love it. we will we will try. We can pretty not get everybody, on this show but we can get a lot of really good people right now because we're all stuck inside so keep keep it coming so again my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com and philip is philip at horseradionetwork.com feel free to uh, reach out to us and we hope you guys are enjoying all our efforts to kind of create a community and keep our community going well, Phil, we're going to come back. We're, we're going to have a quick commercial break from Bait Saddles. We appreciate all their uh, kind, kind words in sponsoring our show, and we're going to come back with a great show.
1: Bait Saddles offer highly specialized saddles for every discipline, engineered to bring out the best in you and your horse. Underneath the finest European leather, you will feel the power of innovation. For you, the rider, enjoy instantaneous comfort optimal balance and seamless contact with your horse leaving you free to concentrate on your aids for your horse the care cushion system and easy change fit solution ensure the absolute comfort and your peace of mind revolutionize your riding experience and fulfill your true potential by riding in a bait saddle see your local retailer for a test ride or visit batessaddles.com to find out more that's Saddles.com.
2: Well, tonight we are so happy to have back on the show and my favorite author, Jacques Ballou. She's the author of 101 Dressage Exercises, Equine Fitness. She has tons of books that I love and use every day. Jacques, welcome back to the
4: show. Thank you. It's good to talk with you both again. Thanks for having me on.
2: And well, we're really excited. And as we know, this is a really challenging time and your books are fantastic. You have books uh, for writing, you have books for groundwork. But you also have a new, really fantastic online program. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
4: Yeah, so um, how it came about was about this time every year or earlier. I get a lot of emails from people that are coming out of winter hibernation and they want to know what sorts of um, gradual conditioning things to start doing with their horses. And I decided to really narrow it down and simplify it and put it in an online program. And it, what it does is guides people um, day by day through four weeks of basically postural conditioning, because that's what you would want to emphasize with your horse first before you get into the cardio phase. And so I launched the program in early February and the feedback has been really great people are are enjoying it it's kind of like having a a coach you know in your in your pocket
2: so can you tell us a little bit about how do how does it start how do you how do you get the program kind of give us the basics
4: yeah so people can access it through my website which is jecbelu.com and, um, how it works. And there's a free preview there. People can do the first week for free to try it out. Um, and how it works is there's a little video lesson, which is short. It's like two to three minutes that kind of introduces the exercises that you're going to do. And, um, then it gives you each week, each of the four weeks, you get a different, I call it a walk workout, but it's 25 minutes of work. That's all at the walk for your horse. Um, and it's, riding or you can modify it to ground driving or online if your horse is in a rehab situation. And it kind of tells you how to fill that 25 minutes, you know, so go do these, you know, patterns for this long and then go do these patterns. So it kind of takes you through that. And then each week you get two different, what I call calisthenic exercises, um, to emphasize. So that might be anything from like a wither rocking um, bodywork technique or walking over ground poles set up in a specific way, all geared towards accessing the horse's postural muscles, which is what the whole course is about. And then um, each week you get a new batch of exercises and an explanation on why you're doing the things you're doing. And there's a discussion board. If people have questions they can post and I jump on there and, and answer them. And um, yeah it it's been just really rewarding to see people getting so much benefit out of this simple you know the consistency of the simple little things that they can do with their horses
1: so Jack, maybe you can get into a little bit about uh you know sort of your meaning and some definitions about um postural muscles and what you mean by calisthenics and you know uh, as best you can
4: yeah for sure for <laughs> sure and um uh what I mean by postural muscles are those deep stabilizing muscles, especially in the back. And the reason I'm such a fan of when I say calisthenics, what I mean is like slow moving, um, fine motor control exercises, which could be something, for example, turn on the forehand, um, something where you're not moving at speed and you're asking the horse to take its joints in the body through a full range of motion. And I believe through all the studies I've done through physical therapy, that that allows you to access these little tiny stabilizing muscles in the spine. The reason is because you haven't allowed the big longissimus muscle to switch on and take over, um, which it kind of wants to do, especially if the deep back muscles have become deactivated through either total lack of fitness or you know a stressful situation or an injury. And so any of the, when I use the terminology calisthenics or give people a calisthenic program to do with their horse, and a lot of groundwork kind of naturally is calisthenics, if you think about it, Um, but there's also a ton that you can do with the horse under saddle at slow speeds and a really relaxed kind of body frame um, that targets these postural muscles by not allowing the big fleshy muscles to take over, like the glutes, the top line. We don't want those taking over the work of the stabilizing muscles. So it's probably a longer description than you wanted, but that's what I mean.
1: No, no, that's perfect. Yeah, that, that, that's great.
2: And, Jacques, is there a way, so, you know, a lot of people maybe aren't able to ride. Maybe they are able to do some groundwork work exercises. Give us some kind of insight or, or some things that we can work on with our horses if we aren't able to ride, but we are able to see them.
4: Yeah, so there's a lot of simple things that <clears throat> I do with a single ground pole on the ground. And there's one in my book that's really popular, which is having the horse straddle the pole with his legs on either side of it. And people have had all kinds of results with that exercise. It's a really cool one. But then in addition to that, what I like to do with horses, um, especially for horses that get really tight in their um shoulders, which is most performance horses, and actually most horses that just live in a stall because they're just not getting the, the movement that would help sort of you know keep things lubricated, so to speak. What I do is put a single pole on the ground and then <clears throat> take the horse and walk his front feet across the pole and then have him come back across the pole. So you're walking back and forth across the pole, but with just the front end. And after you do that a couple of times, the horse will really start licking and chewing and relaxing And, you know, as as he's, um, activating the deep muscles under the scapula, and especially when he has to come back across the pole, he's having to pull his scapula back, which aside from jumpers is not a motion that a lot of performance horses make. They don't get that full range of motion where the scapula slides all the way back. But if you can get that, then you have like awesome range of motion and shoulder in, for example, or half pass. So that's a really cool one that targets those deep, tiny muscles, um, close to the core.
1: Maybe, Jackie and that's you can talk to set up. Yeah, sorry, I, just, I was just going to ask you um, to delve a little bit deeper into, you know, what are the benefits of working the mo- the postural muscles um, to maybe specifically dressage and and how that all fits together sure. with our training plan, which basically after you know get the fitness up and then you know then we are actually wanting to activate the glutes and 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 the top line muscles and so how does that build in you know one into the other? And the benefits of
4: yeah, um, yeah, no, perfect question. And the way it it facilitates the larger goal of creating that big, powerful movement from the locomotion muscles is horses. I mean, just like us, they they want stability in their posture, and many of them. Um, lacks, I mean, you know, a young horse is a perfect example they haven't yet developed stability. So people will say, oh, my horse is really wiggly or wobbly. You know, we hear those terms or a horse that's chronically hollow and travels around like a giraffe with his head up in the air. A lot of times they're trying to find stability in the spine because what we know now is for the horse to stabilize his spine, if he can move the vertebral joints closer together and it stabilizes them, right? If the muscles haven't been activated enough, the deep stabilizing muscles. And so they'll raise their head to try to stabilize things. But if we can teach the horse to and help him develop those the deep core muscles, so the deep abdominal muscles, those little muscles alongside the spinal joints, then the locomotion muscles are freed up to do their job, which is movement, big, powerful, strong movement. And so you don't get the big fleshy muscles trying to take over the job of stabilizing the spine and moving, um, which they're not designed to do because they're not highly innervated, those big fleshy muscles. So I describe it like an orchestra when every everybody's playing the right role. You know, the postural muscles are doing a job of keeping the spine stable and then the big muscles are moving it around, and then you've got this perfect, graceful, light movement.
2: Wow! I don't know if that anyone else, but I also am sitting up a little straighter while listening to this
1: because you are like, <laughs> <laughs>
3: you
4: are like, like, let me fire up those postural muscles. Yeah, I don't think those postural muscles. <laughs> I, yeah, I love it. I love it. And the thing is, like, a lot of this can sound really technical, but that's why I started the online courses. It doesn't have to be, and there's nothing really complicated about it. It's like, it's the same with people. If you go to a physical therapist, they don't give you confusing things to do. They're usually absurdly simple exercises. Like if you've got a torn rotator cuff, for example, they give you these really simple Exercises, but they're highly effective because you're training the nervous system, you're wiring new neural pathways, or in some cases, just keeping them activated. And so that was a motivation for me to start the online course just to give people like simple five minute little things they can do with their horse when they go to the barn that's going to keep all those stabilizing muscles tuned up. So when we do all get to this wonderful time where we have unrestricted time with our horses again and we were in our full training mode then you can really hit the cardio conditioning and the big gymnastic conditioning because the body's prepared for it you know
2: I love it I love it I think that's that's the big thing right is right now it's a great time to prepare and it's a great time to read and educate and so that you are and we all this is not speaking for a friend this is me too we're ready to go when sort of things open up and, and that's hard because we don't know, but Jack, you also have fantastic books that I'm, I love. So how can our listeners find you online, find the books, et cetera?
4: Um, They can just go to my website, which is com, And I'm also happy to answer any questions people have if they want to shoot me an email through the website.
2: Awesome. And then your books, we can find them on horseandriderbooks.com. Yeah, that's right. Fantastic. Well, Jack, thanks so much as always. We love your programs and we love your material and we look forward to having you on another time.
4: Thanks so much for having me. Take care.
2: Well, we're going to have a quick break from Kentucky Performance Products. And as always, we can't thank our sponsors enough. Uh, If you have questions, contact Karen. She's a a contributor on the show. She'd love to talk to you about your horse and what's going on Uh, while you have some time. She's in the office and would love to talk with you. So uh, after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, we're going to come back with Felicitas von Neumann-Cosell.
5: Vitamin E is a powerful antioxidant that supports healthy muscle and nerve function by limiting cellular damage. Green grass is the best source of vitamin E for horses, but most horses don't spend enough time grazing to meet their needs. Hay grain and winter pasture provide little to no natural vitamin E. To ensure your horse's vitamin E requirements are met, choose Elevate. Elevate contains a readily available source of natural vitamin E. Elevate is cost effective and easy to feed. To learn more about Elevate, visit the Kentucky Performance
1: Products website at kppusa.com.
2: Well, this evening, we are very, very pri- privileged to have Felicitas von Neumann-Cosell. She is an international rider and trainer, and we're so happy to have you, Felicitas, during this time of quarantine. You're so busy, and this is one of the, the bonuses we get to, to get a hold of you this evening. How are you, and welcome to the show.
3: Oh, thank you. Uh, I'm very excited to be with you guys this evening. And like you said, uh, the benefit or the silver lining in this situation is actually not having to travel as many weekends. Often I travel on a Thursday night already to go where I need to go. And being able to be home and talk to you guys is really a little, uh, you know, benefit that I can have. And, um, you know, we were going to talk a little bit about today in this very current situation that is so different than anything anybody has experienced. What can we do um, as professionals? What can we do as amateurs? We all love our horses. And so I wanted to share a little bit the sentiment that I've gotten from a lot of other trainers and friends that have talked about that for them, the silver lining has been that, they did not feel the pressure of having to produce a horse that has to go to the first horse show whenever that is in your calendar or a young man in Germany who trains a lot of the stallions. All of a sudden he does not have to get taken to the stallion shows and to take a deep breath and just say, I can be home and I can focus on training. um, Sometimes really gives us the ability and time to get back to the basics and maybe think, of the
1: same old problems from a different direction. Um, yeah, that's uh, a really interesting topic because, you know, as um, people were gearing up in Florida, it 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 was an Olympic year. So there was a, lo- a ton of pressure on those team riders yeah. to be producing a really, you know, good horse. And now that they've delayed the, Olymp- uh, the Olympics, I think a lot of people are, you know, um, looking forward to the chance to go back to training because they had a few shows maybe it went really great you know maybe it didn't and now everybody is just on the same you know playing field to say okay what was what was working what was wrong i want to make it better for next year that's an entire year so the horses could have a bit of a rest and then we we can uh we can just uh gear up again
3: yeah and you certainly feel bad for the people who for example have qualified for the world cup (laughs) Um Understandably, and also who have qualified for the Olympics, but then the cross qual- the qualifying time wasn't even over yet completely. So it all is just a very unusual situation. And I am also thinking about, you know my clients that are sitting at home right now that cannot come and see their horses. and a lot of the people that I see during clinic times that I can't see right now, and I I'm trying to encourage them to really think about the horses, maybe sometimes from a different angle. And it often starts with understanding who your horse is. Um, You know, we talk often about going to the basics and we talk about the training scale, which is very important when you think about training dressage and understanding dressage. But when you think about the whole idea of riding, it is so much more complex because we're first dealing with an animal. The animal has a personality. You know, one person can't get the horse to go forward. You can't get it inspired. The next one is running away. The next one is spooking. I think we have to also sometimes really first focus on what do we need to do to help the horse to be in a situation that he can actually learn and communicate with me so that his brain is in the right place. So I find that uh, how few people even understand the horses on the ground and understand, you know, or don't understand what actually makes them tick. So maybe this is a good time to look into some natural horsemanship uh, videos, or there are some good books that talk about horse language. I think that sometimes that is forgotten. And then I encourage them to maybe think about um, the horse. How do they have to use themselves to do the job of dressage? And there's some great articles, for example, about the horse's sling by Hillary Clayton, Dr. Hillary Clayton. And um, just understanding how does the horse, how does it put together? Understanding where the bones is. It's interesting for me. Um, how many people don't even really know where the horse's spine is in the neck. And I think it would be great for people to investigate, to see where the pieces of the horse are and how would they have to come together that this whole locomotion can happen. And then of course, you know, I always encourage them also to think about the biomechanics of the rider. My, uh, uh cousins has written some really good books about the writer's anatomy and and how things are put together and how does it work for us to go with the movement um and for my personal clients i have some advice because we always play when we're at the farm uh, that we do some mimicking riding on the ground. I have people walk and and, and trot and canter and carry their hands. And, and we have some exercises like that, which they can do at home. And um, then I think they need to look into the theory of dressage. And again, thinking about the horse, trying to figure out Is it really, do I have a connection yet? Do I have rhythm and tempo? And how is my body possibly related to that subject? How do I feel if my horse has rhythm and tempo? And then maybe they can find the correlation, for example, that their seat bones are very important for that subject so that they can feel the horse's rhythm and that they can feel the tempo and how it influences the quality of the gait. If the horse is too fast, it can be sometimes too flat. Those are just examples. And I think this is a, a, a good time for people to take a step back and maybe thinking of the big picture again and then coming more motivated back to the barn. Yeah, and I love it. The last thing that, the yeah. last thing that I've also yeah. really encouraged them has been to not forget about visualization. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I get uh, a nice email. Uh, I'm, I'm in, in an email flow from London Gray, who sent some great tips to her kids. And uh, I really liked the one that she wrote about visualization. And I forwarded that to my clients as well. And I encouraged them really to mentally ride their horse and Then one of my clients said, well, you know, I don't really, I don't even remember. And so then I just reminded her of her last lesson and the exercises we did. And then she wrote me back an email and basically recounted the whole lesson that she wrote in her head, which was excellent. And then I told her because she's sometimes not comfortable with her horse, I said, so now imagine you're doing this in the outdoor arena where you're a little scared. And so maybe we can attack some of our demons in that way as well. So it's not quite as scary because we're only doing it in our head, but we mm-hmm. got to do it anyway.
2: Right. So, and, the, and and so there's a lot of research to say that, that the visualization it, it is works. really
3: important. For it sure. Works. For sure, mm-hmm. sure. For sure. It works. Absolutely. Sure it works.
2: And, and I think that that's, these are all such important things. And I think just the idea of, of just stepping back and maybe you're not able to ride, but you can spend a little time with your horse every day. I think that's so important. And, and I get it because I, I normally uh, have, I have helpers and, and wonderful young women who, who help me in the barn. And And right now they're wow. not here. And, and so I'm doing it and, and I can tell you there's a lot to be said about doing all the feeding and all the stalls and I get to spend time with yeah. my horses, which I don't normally do. And, and that is, there is yeah. something really lovely and beautiful about that. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm not really in a hurry. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, it's a little yeah. bit different. We've got lots of lessons and lots yeah. of things going on
3: and, exactly. and I yeah. I don't. <laughs> so, um, you know, you know it, it, yeah. it's, I, I, I love hearing you say that because I, if I miss one thing, it is that I don't have the time to do the grooming anymore or those mm-hmm. kind of things. Mm-hmm. But what I, what we were able to do this year, we came up with uh, a number of horses that was reduced by quite a bit, but we still could make the business work so that I could really have more time with each horse. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I personally play with the shoe pads
2: With Mm -hmm. my horses
3: all the time, and 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 Wendy
2: Murdoch, she's a she's Wendy Murdoch. sorry, is a big, big. She's on our show a lot, and and Wendy, there's a surefoot.com. Those are great pads, and 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 lots of content with Wendy as well.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll actually have a Zoom conference with her next uh, next week, and it really it it allows me to observe the horses, and I can take the time. I I'm not a body worker, but I put my hands on the horses and know to do some things that I find extremely helpful and to just observe what are they doing. You know, the horses don't lie. You can always see in all of what they do, where their weaknesses are and where their strengths are. And having that moment to take a breath and just say, I'm going to do it myself and I'm going to watch it and I can do that. That is just, for me, it's a gift. Because still, I I don't know how much you get paid or not paid. It's a passion that I live. And <laughs> when there's too much pressure, then it's it makes it so much harder. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: And I think right now, you know, all of us we don't know when competitions are going to start yeah. again or if they're going to be this year. And no. and I think I've heard a lot no. of um, anxiety about that. And I think just taking yeah. the anxiety away and just saying, okay, we're we're just going to spend time with the whole, you know just. Take a deep breath, look at the silver lining of all this, and uh, don't be so focused on and, the competition. And, and, and
3: exactly. Like we said, I think that some really, like, improvement could come from that because mm-hmm. you can go back and you can redo things. And so there is that opportunity to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So I think maybe that is a benefit and yeah you know and another thing of course you know for for a lot of us professionals there's of course that concern that you know you can't fly to the places where you usually teach on the weekends mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so i have not been able to be in touch with my uh, students as much as i would like to but and i i could probably figure out the technology of teaching virtually but I have this problem that I need to put my hands on the horse and on the rider. Mm -hmm. And, and, Mm -hmm. and that makes it for me a lot more difficult, but I started to do something with a a couple of my students that I had them send me a video and I did Mm -hmm. a video analysis, but then with that video analysis, I expected them to send me an email, a detailed email, detailed email of what do they feel? What does a horse feel like? What is their goal? What are they doing to improve self-carriage? So I really challenged them a little bit with their knowledge and also with their thought process. What are you guys, what are you doing? And so with the video analysis, obviously I, I gave some suggestions and what I want is I said, okay, I want weekly feedback either with a video or with an email. And I want a conversation. I wanna know what you feel, did, did was this helpful? Was this not helpful? Is this clear or is this not clear? And it's been fun because I've been getting yep. some really good feedback. So yeah, no, no I think it's
1: you're, it's yeah, a you're great way. Yeah, you're turning all of your students. You're turning all of your students <laughs> thinking riders as well, right?
3: It my whole point. Is that I feel like we need to be more mindful. You right. can't just sit in a lesson and be told to do a half pass and 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 then a flying change. And if it doesn't work, you go a little bit more forward or you come back a little more. There has to, there has to be more depth. And I, I miss that too often, and and I really do, I love to educate in that way. I, I really like to have people feel much more because often they're really not aware what they're telling their horses because their seat tells the horse to go to the right, their hands tell the horse to go to the left, and, you know, the horse ends up somewhere in the middle going like, well, what do I trust? So the are a lot of uh, conflicts going on without ever being recognized or, you know, you're, right. you're tapping the horse for the piaf, but you don't realize that you have 50 pounds in your hands and you actually have the parking brake on. And then you're surprised that the horse is afraid of the whip because where's it going to go with it? Mm-hmm. So there's just too many things that with a more mindful approach could be showing the horse what you really want them to do. Mm-hmm. no
1: it's, it's a not. great it's point yeah. yeah it's a great yeah. point
3: yeah. well
2: I I just love this this idea and this is also you know lean on your coach a little bit I think uh all of us were we're all three professional coaches and you yeah. know I miss yeah. my students I miss yeah. my job yeah. I want to do my job I'm not able yeah. to do yeah. my yeah. job right That's now good. we miss yeah. it we miss yeah. you guys so you know I yeah. think the video yeah. analysis I've also done the same uh, very similar, yeah. setting goals, being more mindful, yeah. Yeah. and and there's a yeah. there's a lot to yeah. be sure. said about that. I think it's been nice for my students. It's nice for me uh, because yeah. again, yeah. we 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 do this job may, maybe not always because uh, of the money. We do it because we we really love yeah. doing what we do. There's, and there's,
3: um, the, the honest the truth, huge. yes, we all have to live. Yes. That that's the bottom line. Right. And at some point, maybe we'll have to retire, but hopefully, we can teach forever. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I I feel like you know I feel such a a, sometimes an urgency to to pass along all the experiences I've made, and I've often said that I step into a lesson and I watch the horse and the rider and the problem, and I'm going like I could give you ten lessons right now which one is the one I'm going to choose. Right. right, you know? right, right. So yes. And and if I have more consistency with a the person, then I realize, oh, this first lesson did this, but maybe not that, then I can give you feedback and give you the next lesson, you know, right. or the next idea right. or visual yeah. or so.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a yeah. great way to help. And again, it, it's a good way in a lot of ways that you can get some more theory in that maybe you wouldn't do Absolutely. when you're in the arena or... Yeah, no, so yeah. It's, it's an interesting yeah. way, but I agree. Yeah. I think it's it's a great way to lean on your coach. It's actually nice for routine for all of us, you know, it's, it's a lot of times people see, you know, see your coach once a week or every day or whatever, it's part of your day. And so that consistency is nice as well. Well,
3: well, and Marlon, it is interesting to get feedback because I've been surprised once I really started asking people what they feel. Sometimes it was amazing and sometimes it was surprising. And so (laughs) it is important to know what your student says. And (laughs) I grew up, I grew up in a time where you didn't dare to ask a question. Um, Right. That's just not right. Yes, yes.
1: Feedback is not necessary at all. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
3: Please don't say anything. Don't talk. No, well,
2: well, Felicitis, Thank you so much for for coming on and and bringing some light to the situation. and And again, yeah. I think we're again, we're all in the same boat, but there are things you can do. and And I, I really appreciate also for myself listening to the interview. Um, so if our listeners have any more questions or uh, want to find you online, how do they
3: do that? Well, I think at this point, I hate to admit it, but the best place is probably Facebook. Um, you could Facebook message me but just in the works of making a new website for first choice farm. So I don't have that up at the moment, but on Facebook I have a professional and a personal page and I get all my messages there. So that's probably the most reliable one.
2: Fantastic. Well, thanks so much and um, stay well. And thank you for all your advice to this evening.
0: Okay. We're rolling again, and this is continuing on the pickup from KPP in three two,
2: one. Well, Phil, as always, total saddle fit. We can't thank them enough uh, for being another sponsor of the show. They're a longtime sponsor. Um, so as always go to their website, take a Look at www.totalsaddlefit.com. Uh, Justin there can answer any saddle fit questions. If you have some uh, saddle fit issues going on right now, this is a great time to get a hold of Justin. Um, and as you, if you aren't able to ride, you can at least check your saddle fit. What do you think, Phil?
1: Yeah. Well, we, uh, you know, I think we've picked up a few new listeners uh, just because everybody's basically kind of bored and and looking for. Uh, tips and things to things to do during during the isolation period. So, um, you know, if you guys are enjoying the contact content, uh, the best way to support us is actually through our sponsors. And you know, uh, Total Saddle Fit has been a long time sponsor. They have great products that me that Reese and I ride with, and the girths and the stirrup leathers and the saddle. You know, and uh, Justin's also been really helpful with helping us with our saddle fit issues. So. Uh, like Reese said, check them out at www.totalsaddlefit.com.
2: Well, tonight for our Total Saddlefit tip of the week, I am so thrilled to have one of my dear friends, Patty Mayer of Bailiwick House in California. Patty, welcome Hello. to the show. Hi, Hi. welcome back. Thanks. Well, it is Thursday evening, and uh, this is actually kind of a sad week for all of us because we were all right now supposed to be in Las Vegas together for the World Cup. I was really looking forward to seeing you.
5: Yes, so, me too. And we were supposed yeah. to be partying and watching amazing, amazing horses jump and do dressage and do fun things, and oh, wait, and maybe partying. So and it's super <laughs> exactly. sad to be missing that yeah, I, I <laughs>
1: know think, I think all all of us are, are are grieving the life that we that we had and that we had yeah. planned and and we have to yeah. find a way to to move forward.
2: Yeah, yeah. so we're moving yeah. forward. Where this is basically uh, we've been talking about having a Zoom cocktail party, and this is basically the dressage trainer version of a Zoom cocktail <laughs> party for the week. <laughs> so <laughs> we're so glad we met, and uh, we met, we met Patty and I. Uh, actually, what what year was it? Ninety eight, ninety nine. Patty, in I'm Germany, say 98, ninety I think ninety eight. I think the end. Ninety eight. So we have been That's friends right, yeah. a very long time. Yeah, mm-hmm. we met at Hofgut Neuhof in Germany, and I was I was a kid, and Patty, you were there with exactly not, not a kid. Oh, stop <laughs> it. Can you tell us real quick what you? I was a kid working in Germany, and you just happened to like grab a hold of me and said. You know we're going to be friends, and we've been friends <laughs> since then. Uh, thank, thankfully. Uh, but tell everybody real quick about Exact, because then I'll intro what we're we're doing and what we're talking about on our Zoom cocktail trainer version for the evening.
5: Okay, <laughs> so I when Reese and I met, I had this amazing, amazing, amazing horse called Exact, who I had bought as a coming, you know, like just as, I mean in January, so he was technically three, but he was actually barely two. And when, and he was, you know, fifteen two hands, he cost, I forget 8,000 bucks, give or take. And, um, he was ugly as sin and had a giant head and big feet and was a Pinto and had a blue eye and blah, blah, blah. And he ended up as a 17, two hand horse. Um, we trained him all the way up to Grand Prix. He competed around the world at CDIs at the Grand Prix level with me, carrying me around, um, for, 10 solid years from the time he was eight until he was 18. His last horse show was the CDI in Berlin um, in 2003 at the December, 2003. And then he retired and lived a nice long life. He no longer is among us, but okay. um, he was amazing, amazing, amazing. Very, very generous as a riding horse, very difficult. Yeah. And, You know, and I had, I mean, I broke him to ride. I mean, I broke him to ride. I trained him up through Grand Prix by, you know, by having people like Hilda Gurney and Conrad Sumerker essentially scream AIDS at me fast enough so I could do them. (laughs) 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 And and I just kind of like, was like, oh, do
2: that. Okay, fine. (laughs) And it worked. Um, I love it. I love it. So so we were chatting today and and we were talking about what we wanted to to talk about. And we decided on a series, because we all have some a little extra time. We never get a hold of you for the radio show (laughs) because you're in California and and it's complicated and you're really busy. So it's kind of in a weird way nice to get a hold of you. Um silver lining for sure. But we were talking, uh Lisa, who's a wonderful listener to the show, shout out to Lisa, had talked about Doing a series about, you know, riders getting their medals and challenges that trainers have sort of at each level with horses that we've trained. So sort of kind of what are the biggest challenges that we have found with the horses we've trained collectively at each level? So today we're going to tackle training in first level. We can get you back next week. So we're going to have you back on and do a little bit yep. of a series um with this w- with this whole state kind of this idea of going toward the medals or in our case go or anybody's case going toward Grand Prix or the FEI levels. So let's start with training level because arguably that is probably the most important or or one of the most important on a lot of levels. So let's talk about some the biggest challenges you've had training horses at training and first level. Okay. So let's I mean
5: let's because we're going to talk about this in reference to some horses who we've actually trained, mm-hmm. um I thought I'd talk about two horses in particular who were just super difficult at training level. One was exact and the other was my little Bob, uh, both of whom ended up as Grand Prix horses. So, you know, yay, there's a light yes. at the end of the tunnel, but both <laughs> of them super spicy, Uh, little Bob, very little exact, very big. And I am just for those who don't know me, I'm five, four. And for most of my time competing, um, Internationally, dressage. I was a an executive at a movie studio and a lawyer at a big law firm, partner at big law firm. And so I was, you know, riding super early in the morning before work, and then going to work all day. So this this was not a professional kind of thing for me until more recently. So until like the last ten years. Um, so you know, this is something I did, you know, before my real job. Uh, so exact was kind of famously a spook. And I, and I mean, really kind of a, you know, a giant, a giant powerful horse, super out of control, not mean, just super out of control. So we, my biggest challenge with him and interestingly with most horses is actually just getting into and around the arena in an easy way that makes them happy and confident, Those white letters and those white rails and the person in that booth at the end of the arena are pretty startling for a young horse, especially if you do what I typically do, which is essentially train in a private facility. I mean, I have my horses at home or I keep them in a friend's backyard. And I will tell you that the biggest thing I learned for baby horses is to make sure they get experience and confidence. And if that means... Taking them, I mean, the first time I took exact to a show at the LA Equestrian Center, we had to tranquilize him and take him home. He had panicked so bad because it was just too much information going on. And so for years, and I mean years and years and years, way after training level, all the way through Grand Prix, in fact until he until his dying day. I went to horse shows early. We hand walked around for hours. We had friends of friends of his stand near the arena. He walked back and forth and back and forth in front of the judge's stand. If there was something unusual in the arena, flags at the end of the arena, a, you know, banners, he walked back and forth and back and forth in front of them. We gave him carrots. I showed them to him from any angle. And to me, the actually, I mean, a reminder, horses get confidence from you, but you can't challenge them so much that they feel like they don't have an out, right? Right. So, if a horse is scared of that letter a little bit, ride a little off the rail and just a little bit inside, like to outside rein towards something, mm-hmm. so that you never challenge them with two eyes. You never have a death grip on their mouth and a death grip around their sides. There is no easier way to teach a horse to stand up than that, and or to teach a horse to really get spooky. So, for me, training level is yes about you know about them being ridden in rhythm and about them being supple and about them accepting some contact but also it's about giving a horse confidence to get into a trailer to get to a horse show to drink from a bucket all of those things are things that we can teach horses even if there aren't shows going on right we can put a horse in a trailer drive it around the block and ride it at the next door neighbors arena and All of those things are incredibly, incredibly useful. With Exact, we had him, he was on and off of a horse trailer essentially every two to three weeks for the first many years of his life. Not because he needed to go to horse shows to, you know, for points or anything, but because he just needed to understand it was all going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And if that meant buckets and buckets of carrots and lots of pats, that's what it meant. But we did the work, so that by we I mean me and a friend of mine called Jim Hidbin, who was a saint, (laughs) and who would literally just walk him around for hours in that, like you know, for four hours of show to just walk him around. And so, to me, that's incredibly important. Let's. I'm just going to also say that for every rider. For every horse, you know, dressage is progressive training, right? We are trying to, in a happy, fun, non-confrontational, easy, easy way, make sure every rider can become a Grand Prix rider and every horse can become a Grand Prix horse. I don't care if it's a Shetland pony or a quarter horse or the fanciest warm blood on the planet. And I don't care whether the rider has two arms and two legs or doesn't it's, it, none of this is impossible. I am for sure not a physical specimen, right? But if you always are looking to the next thing, you can achieve the next thing in a happy and easy way. So to me, the first thing is confident horse at home and away. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, that's really good. I was just gonna say, you know, an important thing that you hit on there. Was you know a support system, a friend, your trainer, okay. you know somebody you can sort of rely on to bounce ideas off of, or you know, um, in my past, you know, um, I've ridden a lot of horses at training level or at young horse classes. Um, I try to a little bit get out of my head, and when I'm having a problem. You can certainly overanalyze it, but I think mm-hmm. you, you need to have somebody say, what do you think is good? What do you see here? Because when you're on top of the horse and things are happening with young horses, especially they happen very fast and they, you know, it's good to have somebody say, you know, what do you see? You know, what do you see? Because what you feel is for sure can be a totally different thing, you know, or using oh, a video. Yeah. Now we have lots mm-hmm. of great technology. You can just pick out, mm-hmm. pick you know, your friend can pick up a phone and say, here, look at this. And you're like, oh my God, I mm-hmm. didn't even feel that. Like and, and the person mm-hmm. on the ground can say, that horse was leaning into your right leg the entire time and all you were doing was kicking with the left leg. And you're like, Oh <laughs> crap, you know, yeah. I caused that problem. Right.
5: right. Yeah. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I have and that so much, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. And and we don't need to necessarily have experienced eyes on the ground because you can video, right? right? And you can say to your friend who has never seen a horse before, hey, watch me from the back. Tell me if I'm sitting straight in the saddle. Tell me if both my seat bones are evenly over the horse. Like the horse had the middle. I should be sitting over that middle. You know, watch me. Take photographs.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I was just going to say, if you have a friend that's never seen a horse, give him a little direction. I got a great video from my husband once of my my head. (laughs) He just took me. He just took my head. So I I was like, ah. <laughs> um, really the horse is the more important thing. So maybe just a little direction on exactly what you want and then, <laughs> then they'll do it. <laughs> I'm just saying, I just so had to throw that in there. That I mean, my head would look great. <laughs> the entire can I, time. can I give you one other
5: thing, which is for me. And I give myself out loud riding lessons all the time. Cause I ride alone a lot and you know, I teach other people. So, my view is I might as well teach myself. Sadly, I have to do that by talking aloud. But, you know, okay, there are, there's no one around to think that I'm nuts because no one's here to watch. Um, and for me, that helps a lot because it mm-hmm. helps me analyze. So, I'm not just reacting, I'm analyzing and reacting. Yeah. And yeah. that's super helpful. Um, you know, and I have to say, going back to videos, this afternoon in fact this morning i got videoed on a young horse for about 10 minutes and i got videoed on my grand prix horse for about seven minutes this afternoon just before i got on the line with you those videos went to christine Traurig to see if she can give me a few hints because we can't clinic together i can't clinic with her right now and you know yeah. my gosh that's going to be the best thing i've done in a month so
2: yeah. i totally and it doesn't agree take seven videos. minutes is perfect and yeah um you know the other thing I was going to say about training level is training level is a lot about riding the figures correctly. Right? And yes. sometimes if it's your first time at a horse show or the horse is spooking and you can't get to the other end of the mm-hmm. arena, like that's a challenge, but really rhythm and riding the pattern is if you can do that, you're doing a great job, especially yeah, at training level. If you can level. do that,
5: you've got at least a 65% and probably higher. Mm-hmm. As long as mm-hmm. if you just ride the pattern But let's come, in fact, let's actually go back to, my God, the training scale for the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Every part, like rhythm, suppleness, contact, impulsion, straightness, all those things are in training level. All of those things are from the day, I mean, I start my own horses because I'm 61 and why wouldn't you? Um, And (laughs) from the day I get on them, from the day I get on them, I'm thinking of all those things. Now, I'm not thinking of them in a, like, Grand Prix way, but- like my baby stallion the other day lost forward momentum so he lost both he lost both rhythm and impulsion but why did he lose it because his shoulder popped out to the right while i was tracking left
1: mm-hmm.
5: now you know it could be that maybe he was being a little barn sour or it could just be that he lost alignment but he yeah. but then he couldn't common, move right? forward because i wasn't
2: straight enough right and so that's common to me, that's common yeah. right on the left, mm-hmm, you know, totally. People pull left rein, or you know. However, typically the horses hollow left, so they will fall right. Mm-hmm. That's pretty common, and and especially mm-hmm. in training level, so you have to really watch that.
5: Yeah, and so to me, if you're if you're always kind of if you're, I'm about to say self analyzing, but I'm not saying beat yourself up. I'm meaning have a rational discussion with yourself. Here, you know, so is. Why can't I turn left? Oh, well, wait, his shoulder is like out in, you know, <laughs> east Jesus to the right. And so I need to line those things up. And then I will, if a horse, and again, I start baby horses because I'm an idiot. So I actually go back to, if I need to, I'll go back to the round pen and I'll do what I did as a kid. I'll basically teach them just to turn off the leg and the hip without thinking about the reins. So I will, Take things back, work them in component parts, and then go back into the big arena and go, okay, now that we've remembered that when I squeeze with my right leg, you should actually move left, dude. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So I always think it's a good point. Yeah, Mm -hmm. to like just go back for a bit. Um, Yeah. Let's, I mean, to me, it's also, and again, my, there is no one I teach, and I mean, I teach, you know, mainly mainly professional writers, but not exclusively. I've got, you know, two kid riders, one of whom is a very talented writer, one of whom is a lovely person, but she has very severe mental illness and, you know, can't really use her body in a nor- in a way that, you know, I'm about to use normal in inverted commas. And because she just can't open herself up that much. And even with her, the goal every day is to improve, right? It's not too improved. You know, none of us are going to be lower Graves tomorrow or in my case ever, but <laughs> you know, Isabel Varek, probably not. I think I'm like past that. But with that said, I should be the better me every single day. My horses should be the better them in theory, right? Aspirationally every day. And to me, because I'm always looking to make them, you know, again, from the first day I get on them, I'm thinking, how do I get this horse you know, in five, six, seven, ten 10 years to Grand Prix. So mm-hmm. I always want to, if I can, sit as well as I can. I want, you know, we're teaching Pavlov's dog to drool, right? We are teaching conditioned response. So I always want to try to give, and I'm, again, aspirationally, I'm not perfect at this. I want to give perfect aids. I want to sit perfectly. I want to give perfect aids. And then they're going to figure out how to respond to it. Then I'm going to reward the correct response, right? Mm-hmm. So even in training, even in first, when I'm doing a transition from walk to trot, or in, or in first level, when I'm doing a transition from a working trot to a little bit of a lengthening, I want my legs to get longer. I want my heels to come a little down. I want my legs to come... Not quite off a little bit, but yeah, to be very soft and just hanging there. Mm -hmm. When I'm coming back from the lengthening, I want to have my knees in a little bit. I want to push my body towards the back of the, towards the cantle a little bit, because I want to start using that to teach a half halt, which will become a way to teach half steps, which will become off eventually. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to be doing that on my, on the horse I sit on for the first time. Well, maybe not the first time. (laughs) the first time someone's (laughs) going to lead me around and I'm going to hope for the best. (laughs) But, you know, Mm -hmm. after they at least walk, trot, and canter both directions, I want to make sure in my mind that I'm developing the system that will allow the horse to progress, not so that, so that I don't have to then change it. Right. I want this to become an easy and fun and simple way for a horse to express itself. I always think about horses as, as those annoying people in ballet, you know, who were like the ballerinas in high school. They were the dancers in high school. They did modern dance and they could touch their (laughs) knees on their, they could touch their heads on their knees and things. And they did that in the hallway and stretched. And I can't do that at all. And because what they were, they use their bodies to express themselves. I think of horses that way. I think Mm -hmm. of horses as these emotional creatures who love using their bodies to express themselves. And isn't it our job to allow them to do that better and to allow them to do it more joyfully? Mm-hmm. And so to me, if I'm, you know, if, if I'm try, if I'm trying to be my best rider every day, I'm going to, you know, and, and establishing those building blocks, then I'm going to go from training to first and and again, and Reese, tell me if and so tell me if you guys disagree, but for me, the kind of classical, classical way of doing it is you're not going to be kicking to go forward. You're going to squeeze, you're going to give them a little bit of a tap or a kick to get them to go forward, and then you're give them a pat and next time you're going to squeeze less.
2: Or yeah, even actually,
5: better. You're going to take you're just going to rotate your heel down and they'll go forward.
2: Absolutely. Cause you can't be even from the beginning, like you always need the horse in front of your leg. It's so important. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Patty, g- working toward first level, right? So first level, mm-hmm. there's some yep. some new challenges that come in, some leg yielding, some counter canter. What are some things yeah. that you found kind of as your biggest challenge at first level as you're okay. working kind of up the scale? Okay. So for me,
5: for first level, okay, well, I'm going to do two things. Let's talk about the single loop of the canter. Mm-hmm. Blah, like yeah. everyone's nemesis. <laughs> Yes. A special, by the way, that is the best movement ever if you have a small horse. Like if you've got a pony yeah. or something with short stride, <laughs> that it. thing, ro- yeah. you are feeling it, you're doing it, right? <laughs> so I own, at the moment I have, last year I had four, but now I have three, thank goodness, young horses, right? Because <laughs> one one went to the neighbor, yay. <laughs> yeah. And one of them two of the ones just super coordinated. It's my UB 40 stallion. He is just lovely and you can, he can do anything. Um, the next one is, you know, 15, super powerful, super coordinated, the canter. Then there's junior junior is 17, and he's a full Dutch carriage horse. His <laughs> gates are ginormous and he can sit, he can carry, he can get short quick behind, but if his hocks are out behind his tail, I, I, I don't even know how to describe how long he can be, but he can also rotate his hip down and he can mm-hmm. also get his his hind leg underneath his tail. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> so to me, that single loop is super important because if you can do it, you can then start thinking about other things. So you can then start thinking about how am I going to do a half halt? You can then start thinking about how am I going to set up for a flying change, Right. So for junior who is, for whom this is quite challenging, two things: one is as you're practicing for a horse show, that first turn off the track is your tight turn, right so you mm-hmm. want to make you want to get to the center line well before x. <laughs> Don't get to the center line at x and then go o oh, m g now I need to get back to the rail no no, no no, no, yeah. yeah turn off the rail so this is on the correct so the correct lead part should be your sharp turn
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then
5: you flatten yeah. it at the center line and then you gradually and gracefully do the second part a reminder the likelihood of you having five judges is essentially zero so you're going to have the judge at sea they're not going to kill you for getting to the center line a little early what that's going to allow you to do is to give again going back to giving the horse confidence, right? We need horses to get supple and, in this case, the straightness includes balance, right? Mm-hmm. So we need to give them the ability to achieve, and if we and and cutting that first corner and making that first angle quite oblique, mm-hmm. um, so you get to the center line fast, so that you can then and fast is wrong <laughs> early. Yeah. Right. So you can mm-hmm. then do an easy straight and then an easy way back is a way to give a horse confidence. Later, if your horse rocks it, right, challenge them a little bit more. But, you know, to overface a horse is just unfair. I mean, mm-hmm. I would never want someone to tell me to do, to run faster than I can run or to touch. I mean, if someone told me to touch my toes, I'd just giggle at them, right? Because I can get to my knees or maybe a little bit past that you can't force someone to do something they're not balanced or coordinated enough to do. It's not fair. And so I think if you help the horse achieve the confidence and the, and then as a, again, as a rider, it's your job to help the horse balance, right? So think about, wow, where can I help with a little half halt? Well, I can help with a little half halt just before that center line. As I'm straightening, the horse needs to rely on me. So I'm going to In my case, because I come from a hunt seat background, I tend to get a little propped. I'm going to lean back. I mean, not really lean back, but I'm going to think to myself, Patty, put your outside leg back farther, back farther than you would normally, because you need to remind them to keep on the the lead that you want to from. Left lead, you want to keep slightly giving a left lead aid or at least a left lead positioning. Mm -hmm. And And then if you can, you can feel forward a little with the inside hand. You've got them lovely into the new outside rein. And how easy, how nice, what a lovely kind of pleasant way to teach a horse that they that they can essentially balance on on the counter lead. I mean, yeah, Yeah. I'm just going to jump in
1: here. I'm just going to jump in here because I think it's a good thing. Um, You know, what happens a lot with uh, with amateur riders is that Uh, they, you know, they they you know, probably around this time of the year or even a little bit earlier, they go, okay, well, this year I'm going to do first level. So they say, okay, well, I got to start working on first level stuff. So you, you read the test and you're like, oh, there's this canter loop. And, you know, w- you know whether it's canter loop or the leg yield or whatever, they're just like, and then they, the next day they go out on their horse and they go, I'm going to just turn the horse to the center line and then turn the horse back and, and we're just going to do the canter loop. Whereas, you know, thinking riders, professional trainers and somebody who's gone through the process of training a horse, you know, through even through the third level or so, says, you know what, I need to break this down into little little easy components that the horse yeah. can do really well first before I start challenging, you know, I have to do this movement, because the test the test booklet said I have to do this movement. So for me, what I what I, the first thing that I do is to say, okay, I'm gonna. In three months, be able to ride this cannon loop. The first thing I need to be able to do is break it into the first component. I'm only gonna ride from the wall on the little diagonal line to the center line and then carry my line all the way down the center line. And at the end, I'm gonna, you know continue on the same direction. Yep. So if I was riding left, I mm-hmm. ride the center line and then, you know I ride the left. that might take me two, three weeks to get that really confident and really good that I can get the horse straight on the center line and carry my line all the way up to the center line. You know, just exactly what you're saying, don't overface the horse with, with the turn and then the loop and then, oh, okay, and then it all falls apart and you say, oh, shit, that didn't work. I'll just try again. I'll try right. again. I'll try again. You know, really break down, the you know, as we start going up through the levels and we're, we're talking about different movements, you know, you have to be able to really uh, assess, you know, the strengths of your horse, like you said, and really the components of the movement one step at a time, one partial step. And then, right. So, once I get that sort of confident, then I'm going to ride… From the corner to the side, up the side a little bit, and then I'm just gonna slightly turn them back uh, towards the you know towards the wall we came from, and maybe I'm only mm-hmm. gonna ride uh, back to the corner line. I'm not gonna ride all the way back to the wall because that's kind of hard, and and you know I need to be able to not think about squeezing the shape really tight, but just keeping it mm-hmm. long. And then I'm going to go to the ground, and then I'm going to continue on, right? And and you'll see, you know, good riders do this. And, and you know, if, you, if you've got a coach that's helping you on the ground, will not say, okay, today we're going to work on the loop and we're just going to do it. Because it's yeah. not going to be successful. You're, you're not right. going to build, you know, like just all the stuff that you're talking about, building the confidence of the horse. You know, you just step by step by step and, you know, you take something that uh, should take time and not not expect it just to happen just well, like that.
5: Mm-hmm. I'm going to feed back on two things you said, if I may. One is don't be dissing amateur writers. Like I know a All lot right. of amateur writers better yeah, than I'm the not. pros. Like a reminder here in the United States, right? You can be a professional writer by just saying you are and taking money. So nice. that doesn't mean you're necessarily good or better than the amateurs. Just saying. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Here's, I totally agree with you about breaking it down. It's so it to me. It's so interesting that we think about things as a movement, and I'm going to use walking canter pirouettes as an example because this is the what people do worst. But it works at any literally the center line. This is you know it would be a good example too. But like if you turn to somebody and say do a pirouette, it's not a thing. It's eight strides each stride ridden potentially differently prepared it potentially differently, a reaction being potentially different, right? If you're trotting down the center line posting and want to halt straight, it's not just trot down the center line, pull back and hope for the best. Right. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) It is, you know, it is. And again, this is a series of things that you practice. Um, It is trotting down the center line, staring at the judge. By the way, I am a big believer of this. Staring at the judge with your chin up and your eyes on them, saying to them with every iota of your soul, I'm going to win this class and you're going to give me in the mid-70s. I'm just telling you, with your eyes. And then you are going to do three easy little half-halts. And if it's first, you know, if it's training level, you can walk into that halt. And if the horse starts doing what every baby horse in the... Well, I mean, except for like some amazing, you know, every baby horse I've ever ridden does. Like, they're like, oh, wait, my shoulder's going this. Oh, no, that way. Oh, no, wait, this way. And then my hunch, like, <laughs> and they're going to try to do the hula. You're going to trot forward a little bit more and try again or walk forward a little bit more and try again. And you mm-hmm. might do, and, and I try to do cent- I try to do quarter lines that I pretend are center lines all the time on my babies. And oh, by the way, I don't halt at X. Essentially, ever I halt past X or past yeah. the X part of the quarter line. Um, and again, going back to the fact that I always think, of what is going to be the next issue with Grand Prix? Right, they are going to be p offing at X, not halting. Right. <laughs> so, right.
2: No, so so they need to stay in front of your leg to,
5: all the time they, going into the halt.
2: All the time,
5: they need to think they, they can't just be at the center line. I halt here. Thanks so much. Like you no, know, it's got to right. be <laughs> on the eighth. So to me. Like again, going back to transitions, how am I going to be training that so that when we're not halting from the working trot through the walk or halting from the working trot into you know into a halt, where we're instead we're going from the canter, how are we you know how are we going to progress Mm -hmm. through that? Well, I need something that's going to become my half halt, that's going to become my aid for sitting and getting short, quick behind. And so again, I'm going to think about trotting down the center line, prepare, allow, prepare, allow, prepare, do.
2: Right. And and I sense? think that also, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, just, just for, for the ending thoughts, you know, also that will come into play for what will be the lengthenings in first level. You have mm-hmm. the lengthenings in the trot and the lengthenings in the canter Right. These are transitions right. as well. And then, you know, talking about first level, we can't ignore like yields. It's so the first time you're going to oh, see yeah. that. You know, I think we all have had challenges, right, with young horses. Sometimes they move well off one leg versus the other leg. Other times, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, huh, what? What are you saying? Right. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> right. Or they-, or they just drop their shoulder and run the heck sideways. <laughs> just going to say that. Like, we've all been there where you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, you weren't listening to Miles I A mean, at all. So yeah. I think that's definitely part of it, right? So those are mm-hmm. some challenges, right? as right. you're training young horses or or mm-hmm. even um, I find with a lot of my riders, you know, they think they're starting early enough, but they don't really actually start leg yielding until they're like, oh gosh, I'm not going to make it. And then they really put their leg on and dart over instead of really (laughs) planning the planning from the marker that you're, you know, even maybe a little bit before. So you're actually going sideways when you hit the letter. I think that's been a challenge of mine as, as you've gone through, you know, um, again, training in first level, I think with, with younger horses, sometimes it's, it's just the challenge of, of the environment. Um, but as mm-hmm. you get to kind of to first level, first level test three, you know, things are starting to get a little bit real and you need yeah. to kind of be ready for that. Uh, you know, and, and at first level, you know, if your horse is still sort of spooking at the judge's booth, you know, maybe you do test one or two, wait for, test three until you're kind of ready for that. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I think they're, they're building years, right. As you, as you develop horses and you get all kinds of, and
5: again, you get a, you get a friend, you hand them a cocktail and they sit at sea in your arena and they do things like shuffle papers. I mean, they don't intentionally scare the horse, but you know, you just kind of like, you know, casually move around and just keep moving and just, and again, you know, so if you don't have to let me talk about this for a second. I actually want to go to light, back to leg for a sec. But if if your horse is as exact was scared of his shadow, but you know, scared of scared of the judge in the judge's booth, scared of the letters. I did whole tests where I never got past G. In fact, I did whole <laughs> tests where I never got past X. But that's a, a bigger problem. Um, you know, and it was like, oh wait he's never going to get anywhere near you and he's 17 too and I am five, four. So that's just not happening. So instead <laughs> we'll just turn here and, you know, eventually we, <laughs> yeah. and it'd be yeah. fine. You know, it's like, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to challenge them in a way that's unfair. You have to challenge them in a way that allows them to gain confidence. Can I just talk about leg yields really briefly? Cause I actually want yep. your insight as well. Okay. Sure. So going back to my baby stallion, Kai, his real name is Loa, in case he ever, anyone ever wants to do anything with him. Anyway, um, so he's my little UB40 stallion. And he, as I said, likes to pop his right shoulder out. Very common. So guess what? Our leg yields to the right. Yeah. He basically just drops his right shoulder and off he goes. And I've been, you know, I again, I start this very early. I started this horse. I broke him in the end of September. Took him to his first Conrad Schumacher Clinic in October, just saying. And... <laughs> That was great. and that was brave. so and um so he's from the beginning, I've been like, no, you need to figure out how to move away from my leg, but stay in balance. So what I do, and I typically do this with all my, with all the baby horses, is I think two steps forward, one step sideways, two steps mm-hmm. forward, one step sideways. And in my brain, I think crossing hind leg. So instead of thinking they should go side when I think go sideways, I try to, and again, not like this is the way you would correctly actually do it but my internal vision is I want to keep them very straight certainly no bend and for at the beginning not even a flexion really I just want them to cross their hind leg to go sideways one step then I go forward two steps because so many of them have a tendency to throw that shoulder out and then then they're out of balance and then they can't succeed
2: for you right and and And, I think that's That's exactly, you know, uh, it's a great exercise where that gets you moving sideways. I think so. A lot of people just just struggle with with going sideways quick enough, you know, or they wait too long. So, Mm -hmm. I I love it. I love it. Well, well, Patty, we would love this. See, everyone wants to know what we would actually be doing in Vegas. We'd probably be sitting around the table with some drinks and talking about horses. Just saying. Well, but, and gossiping about family and, you know,
5: all the, all the things. Yeah.
2: yeah, no, no, exactly. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, mm-hmm. Patty, if our listeners have any questions on on their biggest challenge, you're going to come back again. We're we're going to tackle the next uh, second and third level next week. Uh, how can they find you online? Okay. So I have an email,
5: which is, and I'll say it and then spell it. It's bailiwickhouse at gmail.com. B for boy, A-I-L-I-W-I-C-K-H-O-U-S-E at gmail.com, or I'm on Facebook.
0: This tip was brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. Totalsaddlefit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girths recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time, we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At Totalsaddlefit.com. Visit Totalsaddlefit.com.
2: Well, as always, Phil, we love email and Facebook shout-outs. Go to our Facebook page, send us emails. Seriously, guys, we love it. We're trying to create a nice community for everyone to hang out and land, and we really enjoy all the emails, and it's keeping us going for sure, isn't it, Phil?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we've gotten a couple, and they've been really uplifting, and, you know, we all need reasons to smile in, in these times, so... That's really helpful for us. And, and, and we thank, thank the people who have sent the emails and, and, and the messages already.
2: Absolutely. And as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com. And my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com.
1: The, the best way you can get in touch with me is through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com.
2: And as always, everybody, keep your heels down, your shoulders back, your chins up this week, and we hope you stay well and your families well as, as well. We look forward to next week.